is this Pixar or is this this Hades costume is the stinkiest costume on this brand <laughs> babies are often very useless when you need to get things done take a puff do you fear Bing is a sus individual. The biggest word you ever heard, and this is how it goes. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or who what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at patreon.com slash mouse madness gang gang. Gang gang. We've got a, a ton of fun Patreon stuff coming up. Um, I, I, I'm back, baby. You're back. I'm You're back, back. From, <laughs> back from Walt Disney World. And, you uh, are. We've got a nice little Walt Disney World trip report over on Patreon. We uh, didn't spend a whole lot of days in, in the Disney parks, but it was uh, eventful to say the least. So uh, we did a nice little interview format and yep. uh, you, you gave me some, some questions and that was a fun conversation, I suppose. It was a fun conversation. I, li- I liked to hear about the trip outside of Walt Disney World. I like the, right. the well-rounded orlando trip sure. report uh mm-hmm. so yeah if you want to to listen to that you can go ahead and become member of jerry's gang uh, patreon.com slash mouse madness and you can hear two bonus episodes a month one of them for this month of july is uh chris's walt disney world trip report so uh head over there and listen to that and uh you know chris we are kind of pivoting away last bracket was really fun last bracket was oh, yeah. the m- best or the most quote-unquote american disney thing uh, we had a lot of fun chatting about that. And now we're taking a pivot into something that you and I both really, really enjoy. The film Mary Poppins. And most specifically, we are talking the best Mary Poppins song. Mary Poppins Return, not in this. Not at all. The Broadway nah, songs, nah. not in this. Not nah. at all. We are talking the OG songs from the OG film. And to help us do this, as somebody that has seen Mary Poppins a few times just by virtue of living with me, this is my fiance Nina. Nina, welcome back to the podcast. So glad to be back. Yeah. Uh, so, in preparation for this, we were supposed to rewatch Mary Poppins together, and then uh, you decided to FaceTime a friend for two hours, and we weren't <laughs> able to do it. Uh, so, what kind of preparation were you able to do for this show uh, this time around? Um, I spent the day listening to the soundtrack and accidentally fell into like the last part where they started talking about trivia about the songs like yeah. the, the Sherman brothers were actually talking about them making the songs. so I got a little bit of information okay a little bit's better than none all right so we like <laughs> to see that uh yeah so I'm really excited Chris because we talked quite in depth about the Mary Poppins songs when we did our best Disney movie playlist but we weren't able to match them up against each other and what's the best part of it is that this is a Hall of Fame film in the Mouse Madness rafters just by virtue of winning that playlist episode or bracket. Now we get to break them down song by song. It's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Which song will be the best of the best? I had a great time breaking down the high school musical numbers on that bracket. Great time breaking down the frozen numbers on that bracket. Yep. I think it's just great to, to 
get into the intricacies of some of these just incredible uh, cinematic achievements out here on the Disney ledger. <laughs> Can't wait to do it. But before we do, uh, no Mary Poppins bracket is complete without a spoonful of sugar. This is like a momentous occasion. This is it. This is the spoonful of sugars of all spoonful of sugars. So I hope that you have something, <laughs> Kyle, that it lives up to the moment. Yeah. So in my cup, which we are back with the spoonful of sugar mug, of course, you got to throw it back to our OG mug here. Uh, I have a new beer that I want to talk about, and I don't know that I even had this. Uh, Nina and I went to a new brewery that we found uh, at the border of Oakland and Berkeley. It's called Tannery Bend Beer Works. It is originally out of Napa, but they opened up a tap room in Oakland recently. So we went and checked it out. It's in a little bit of a precarious area, or at least the building is precarious because it looks like the back beer garden area is actually taken over a like what used to be apartment parking. So it, it's very bizarre place. But this is the Combs... Saison Ale. Chris, this might be something that you like. I don't know. I'm going to take a taste right now. 4.9 ABV. The notes are mango, clove, and funk. So we're going to go ahead and take a sip. Chris, I think you'd like this one. I'm I think scared. this is I this is know. something right up your alley. It is. It reminds me of like a, a, a hint of mango within like an 805. Hmm. Anytime there's like funk or haze in the description of a beer, I get very scared. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that with okay. this one. This okay. one is not as, uh, you know, dank. Yeah, I don't like some dank of the other ones. either. No, no, this is not a dank one. Uh, you're back from your trip. What you got? I am. I am. So Operation Blizzard Beach Bod was a fail. <laughs> um, but we had, we had plenty of good food uh, on the trip, and I'm happy to get back into some alcohol here on the pod. Um, Kyle and Nina, I like to think of myself as king of my dominion, <laughs> much like, is it? much like George Banks himself Yeah, in 1910. <laughs> and, uh, we're, we're recording this, this podcast at 5.43 PM. We might as well call it 6.02. Might as and, well call it 6.02. And, and you know, when it's 6.02 and the king of his dominion is at home. Kyle, yep. what is what is due at six oh two? Uh his pipe, his sherry, and the and, third thing that I don't remember. And his slippers. Slippers, uh, of course. I couldn't track down a pair of slippers or a pipe, but I do have a glass of sherry. Oh. Uh, yeah. So I didn't know a whole lot about sherry. I maybe have had a glass at a wine tasting uh one time. Uh so I, I did a little education. I didn't realize sherry is a Spanish wine. Yeah, uh, Sherry's a Spanish dessert wine. So I went over to Total Wine and got myself a bottle of Sherry by Gonzalez Bias. B-Y-A-S-S. <laughs> I'm sure it's not pronounced Bias, but... Um, Probably not. Whatever. Uh, it, it's a Dulce Sherry. There's a bunch of different kinds of Sherry's. And I got the Dulce because it's supposed to be the most sweet. And uh, I chilled it because you're supposed to drink Sherry chilled uh, according to what's on the back of this bottle. Okay. So um, let's go ahead and give it a little taste test. Smells like Ooh. wine. So okay. I would hope so. Oh, that is just delicious. Oh, it's nice and nice and sweet um, without being sour. Uh, it really kind of tastes like a 
a raisin or like a date. Okay. Uh, that kind of fullness in your mouth that's still a little bit sweet. Uh, I, I'm a fan. I like it a lot. Um, hey. So some nice sherry. Uh, living my George Banks life here at home today. So, Love it. Uh, highly, highly approve of this uh, idea. Uh, Nina, what do we got? Um, I did my best to look up some Mary Poppins uh, cocktails and didn't find any that sounded any good. So I went with an Aperol peach margarita. Ooh. Um, and just to give it a name, I gave it Admiral Boom because <laughs> I don't know. I just like Admiral Boom. So cheers. Cheers to that. Big, cheers big that. boom boom gang over here. Boom, boom gang. <laughs> boom gang. Ah, uh, Chris. All right. So we were lucky enough to have somebody in the parks in a specific area of the parks that this bracket just aligned perfectly for. Practically perfect in every single way. Uh, Chris, while you were in the parks, you were able to identify and survey our demographic for this bracket. What was that demographic? Yeah, I was fortunate enough to head over to Epcot for one of my days at the Walt Disney World Resort. Headed over to the London Pavilion at Epcot and asked some of those people in London, what's the best Mary Poppins song? Uh, (laughs) If y'all don't really follow the construction projects at the Walt Disney World Resort, they had announced a whole Cherry Tree Lane expansion for the London Pavilion at Epcot and it ended up... Uh, being shelved indefinitely because that was the one project that had not broken ground when the park shut down for COVID. So right, um, there was supposed to be a new ride that probably wasn't going to be like an e-ticket level attraction, but people were, were semi-stoked. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, we I was spot to survey some guests about Mary Poppins and say, what's the best song? And we got, we got 16 songs. There aren't a whole lot of songs in Mary Poppins. So right. I think there's like 17 on the soundtrack uh, that we could discuss, plus the 18th track being the Sherman Brothers interview. Uh, but that just leaves one. So I guess we can we can kind of chat about it. Uh, sure. In this Miss the Dance, huh? Yeah. Uh, Miss the Dance for this, for this bracket is Pavement Artist. So this is like the intro to the film. Uh, but in the soundtrack, it doesn't happen until halfway through. And it is when Bert is opening the film and he's the one man band and he's singing Chim Chim Cherry uh, and he's kind of introducing Charity Lane and that kind of stuff. Uh, and I think that the reason why it didn't make this bracket is because you have Chim Chim Tree. So hmm. I have a feeling, Chris, that when you ask people and they said Chim Chim Tree, they were probably thinking of either one, but they just didn't know the name of pavement artist being uh, top of mind. There's a lot of Chim Chim Cherries uh, throughout. I don't even know if the like first Chim Chim Cherie is even on any of these official like soundtracks. Right. So, uh, so yeah, we can talk more about that uh, when we get to Chim Chim Cherie, but Pavement Artist... I, the thing I like about that song is that's when Bert's trying to get paid. He like puts right. his hat down and he's like, drop some money in this thing here. And then yep, literally yep. like not a single person around. <laughs> I like, I respect the hustle. I respect the Bert hustle and he's got a few hustles oh, uh, that we can definitely dive into. Every time we see him, he has a new hustle. It feels like. It's wild. That's what makes um, me great. <clears throat> Nina, any, uh, any thoughts on uh, pavement artist? 
The chalk art scene is like one of my favorites from my childhood. Mm. For whatever reason, it just like is like imprinted in my brain. Yeah. yeah. So I really like that song because I when it came on, I immediately thought of that scene. So I didn't realize it wasn't on the bracket till right now. A little sad, but <laughs> well, you're right. It's like Chim Chim Tree is like the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll get, be able to chat about Chim Chim Tree all we want to. And Chris, it's time to announce the bracket of 16. Where do these other 16 songs on the soundtrack rank by these UK visitors over at Epcot. Let's go ahead and cue that dramatic music. And Chris, you can lead us off. Helping the medicine go down at the number one seed is a spoonful of sugar. Giving us a word for every situation at the number two seed is supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Up in the atmosphere, at the number three seed is Let's Go Fly a Kite. Putting a tumpets in your bag at the number four seed is Feed the Birds. Up on the rooftop at the number five seed is Step in Time. Holding it down for the pavement artist at the number six seed is Chim Chim Cheree. Making your heart feel so grand at the number seven seed is Jolly Holiday. Hissing like snakes at the number eight seed is I Love to Laugh. Coming in at the number nine seed is the little kid song. It's Kyle's favorite, The Perfect Nanny. <laughs> Coming in at the 10 seed, exactly at 601, is The Life I Lead. At number 11, patiently, prudently, is Fidelity Fiduciary Bank. <laughs> Fighting for the right to party at the number 12 seed is Sister Suffragette. Blowing George Banks' mind at the number 13 seed is A Man Has Dreams. Dozing off at the 14 seed is Stay Awake. Kicking off this whole thing at the number 15 seed is The Overture. And cashing checks at the number 16 seed is a British bank, Nina you can see the matchups here. You, you've listened to the music. Are there any matchups in this first round that you're interested in chatting about? Um, I think there's a couple hard ones here. Uh, some of the corners, not all of them, but uh, excited to see how this goes. All right. Without further ado, let's do it. Well, I'll go ahead and get us started here with the number one, a spoonful of sugar versus number 16, a British bank. Uh, interesting matchup here because... Spoonful of sugar, obviously, it is a very famous term. We use it to describe our own drinks here on the podcast. Uh, in doing a lot of research and just knowing a lot about the Sherman Brothers in general, and so I can kind of say all of this off the top, and it will basically apply to to every matchup, and we don't have to talk about it again. But Sherman Brothers, who wrote this, uh, they took a lot of inspiration from not only like childhood nursery rhymes, childhood like uh little phrases and sayings and songs that they would sing they would often take those melodies and just change the words to sound something like what the kids already knew because they knew that it would be identifiable to the children and even mm. the parents that might have that nostalgia uh mm. supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is actually one of those uh where they took a children's kind of saying and song and they changed the lyrics to make it one big word which is very interesting. Uh, so the Sherman Brothers come onto the scene and they get tapped by Walt uh, to do the music for this. And out they come popping hot 
with a spoonful of sugar. In the movie, this is the scene where Mary Poppins is getting the kids to do some chores, clean up their room, and they don't really want to. So they sing a song while they do it in order to make the work a little bit less crazy. And the song that they sing is about sweetening things up to make things not as bad. So it's this, it's this meta song. It's this meta thing that's happening within the film. I really like this because whenever I think about making life easier or doing something, or even if it's like rewarding yourself after doing a hard task. I don't know if Chris, when you would study in college, if you would like reward yourself for doing, you know, reading a chapter or, or finishing studying. I used to study with somebody who would take a bite of their candy bar after they finished reading a page while studying. So once they got through that page, they'd be like, okay, well, I get my treat now. Spoonful of sugar. Helps the medicine go down. I, uh, yeah. when I was a, I can't remember if I was a junior or senior, one finals a week, I went to Jack in the Box four times in one day. Um, that was my, that was my reward. I went as breakfast to like pregame the (laughs) pregame my study (laughs) sesh with some some 99 cent tacos, (laughs) you know, do, do, do a couple hours, come back at lunch, grab a couple more at dinner, come grab a couple more. And then after everything's done late night, do it, do it all over again. Four times one day. It was one of my favorite days probably of all time. That's. That's phenomenal. Yeah. You know that, that Galita phenomenal. McDonald's right on the corner there? Stork and Hollister, is it? Stork yep. and uh, Stork and something. Um, but uh, yeah, I used to I, I used to know like the people that worked there by name. There was a guy, the manager looked a lot like Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2. So <laughs> I used to call him <laughs> Doc Ock. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Yeah. So your spoonful of sugar was Jack in the Box four times in a single day for the kids singing a song while doing some some chores. And so yeah. while we're not necessarily talking about this the scene itself, we're talking about the song. It's also very notable that in this scene, you get some of the first Walt Disney animatronic work uh, when yes. Julie Andrews goes out to the window and starts singing with the robin that she has on her finger. And that's an animatronic. And that's really the first that we see before we get, you know, the Enchanted Tiki Room. So it's really cool to see that in the film. But I really like this song because I think that it embodies what what is Mary Poppins, which is not only tricking the kids into doing something that she wants them to do, which is a lot of her songs. You will talk about it with Stay Awake as well. But it's also kind of teaching them not to lose their innocence, even as they become old and they have to do go to work and they have to do all of these adult things. You can always find a little joy in the things that you have to do if you're looking at it. Now, is this a little bit of toxic pox positivity? Perhaps. But it's also making, you know, life we live a little bit more bearable. So I'll, I'll let it let it happen. Um, it's up against a British bank. And this this is a song that like just never really goes away <laughs> throughout the film. This yeah, is, yeah. this is, uh, Mr. Banks's theme. So he does, I like, I life, I leave. He does a British bank. And then he does a man has dreams where he also kind of references this song. Yeah. But this is when Mary Poppins shows up and he's trying to say like, you know, me being a banker is very important. Me and my job is very important. Uh, you as the nanny have a certain place that you're supposed to be in uh, and you shouldn't be taking kids out 
on trips where they're coming back and they're telling me supercalifragilisticexpialidocious and and all that nonsense. They should be focused like me and the British bank and, and focused on trying to get a job like mine at the British bank. And so it really just buckles down, doubles down on Mr. Banks being this dude who just has no clue about his family and, and kids. Uh, he He's so caught up in work that he's more concerned with the 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 imagination of his kids instead of enjoying their childlike innocence. And we'll revisit that later on uh, when we talk about A Man Has Dreams and Dick Van Dyke's character, Bert, talks about childhood sleeping slipping away. Uh, but it's kind of us being reminded that Mr. Banks is a hard ass <laughs> in the middle yeah. of the film, uh, no matter what Mary Poppins does and tries to liven up the the lives of the kids. So I think in this one, uh, it's a little too early for a spoonful of sugar to go down, especially in a one of three iterations of Mr. Banks singing about the bank. So I'm going to go with the one seed here. So, uh, yeah, I definitely agree that, that Mr. Banks's, uh, regimented attitude definitely comes through in a British bank. But I think I really like that in this song, this is Mary doing some reverse psychology on Mr. Banks. She's back. This is this is her saying like he's like, dude, these kids can't be singing about stupid super Cali B. <laughs> like, no, nah, man. And and Mary's like, you you're right. You're right. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I am right. Yeah, she's I, she's I, like, exactly. They need to go to work with you. And he's like, exactly. They need to go to work with me. Wait, they need to go to work with me? And she's like, yeah. All right, see you tomorrow. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, That's right. And uh I just love that about Mary. Um I think in general, I've said this before, and it's explored in the movie Saving Mr. Banks. I was going to see how long we could go on this episode without talking <laughs> about that movie, but uh, first matchup, you know the the I think service level interpretation is that this movie is about Mary Poppins and her adventures with the children, but at the heart of it all is a story about a father who learns how to love his children the way that he's supposed to. So, right, yep. um, this uh, tactic by Mary to use this psychology on uh, Mr. Banks is, is super fun, super fun to watch. Uh, in, in addition to having magical powers, she also has these like psych- psychological um, sensibilities yeah. where she can, she really kind of can tell the way a situation is going to go and manipulate everything to make the outcome be exactly what she wants it to be. So I think there's a couple of character things going on with the British bank that uh, are really interesting. That being said, I agree with you. Uh, I love trying to discredit a number one seed whenever we get into these brackets. <laughs> and uh, I, I, as I was rewatching this movie, I, I paid very close attention to the spoonful of sugar scene to look for anything that I could potentially pick apart. And uh, I just ended up getting sucked into it. And it was, as mm. always, uh, a great time to watch and to listen. So uh, I'm also going to advance a spoonful of sugar. Nina, do we agree with this? Yes. I mean, A British Bank is a real fun song. It's very like a marching band, sing-songy, it gets stuck in your head. But you can't really top a spoonful of sugar. 
All right, let's move on to the next matchup. Uh, number eight seed, I Love to Laugh, versus number nine, The Perfect Nanny. And Kyle's already shaking his head no. This is um, the worst matchup in the history of this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, this is not good. And like, I'm not surprised, obviously, when I see The Perfect Nanny and I listen to those little kid voices on the soundtrack, <laughs> I just I just picture Kyle be rolling his eyes. But I Love to Laugh, that's one of those songs that I feel like I could see you sneaky liking Kyle uh, just for the sake of the Edwin inclusion. Edwin, a Disney legend dude has already won a mouse madness bracket as the voice of the bad hatter being the turnt boy that he is. Yep. Yep. Uh, Also the toy maker in uh, babes in Toyland. Toyland. (laughs) So we've seen Edwin a couple times on this bracket before and I mean, we, we we love the guy. He's a great oh, yeah. performer. He's super funny. Love his voice. Love his comedic timing. Uh, this scene feels very random. Uh, on the Disney Playlist episode, we were talking about the Mary Poppins soundtrack. This was a scene we pointed out as feeling kind of like, you know what? Like, I don't, this, is a, this is something that could have been like cut from the movie completely, and I don't think yeah. anyone would care or even notice that something was missing. Right. Uh, basically, the way the scene's set up, Mary and uh, the kids are on an outing, and Andrew the dog comes strolling up. And shout out to Andrew the dog. Who shout out to did, Andrew. We never uh, talked even, about on our Disney never, dog bracket. But. Damn, never made it to the <laughs> Disney dog bracket, unfortunately. But there's a little lassie interaction that goes down, and Andrew <laughs> starts barking, and Mary's like, "All right, what? He's stuck again. Let's go!" And they roll over <laughs> to Uncle Albert's house, and Bert is randomly there already. Apparently. Bert and Mary roll in the same social circle. Uh, yep. They're always bumping into each other. Maybe this is one of Bert's hustles. Like one of his jobs is that when uh, Uncle Albert gets stuck, he has to come and, and retrieve him. <laughs> He's like Uncle Albert's caretaker is his other hustle. It's like the friend that has to sit for you when you're taking some type of psychedelic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's the babysitter during Uncle Albert's shroom trip. The spirit guide. Uh, spirit guide, yeah. <laughs> so they roll up. Uncle Al's like floating because he's laughing so hard. And then they all laugh. Uh, and then they sing a song about how laughing's fun. Uh, yeah. I mean, which is... I guess thematically important because the movie kind of explores the idea that you should focus on some of the uh, lighter things in life to to get you through. And that's really what life's all about. Not so much sure. the grind, but uh, the laughter. So um, I, I do think it's important. The um, composition of the song reminds me of uh, Up when we were talking about the Up score. Um, oh. where it's like, like it feels like flying. Yep. I love to laugh. There's a similar kind of sensation where, like you feel very floaty and like wistful. Uh, so I like that a lot. Um, additionally, we get some good Mary Poppins character in this number. Mary doesn't even need to laugh. And no. she goes and floats up to that table. And she's like, all right, if I have to float, <laughs> I guess I'll do it. And she just she just floats right up there. What's interesting is that her character this entire time has been doing a lot of reverse psychology, 
she's been trying to show the children that they shouldn't have to try and grow up so fast. And yet this is the moment in which she's like tired of the nonsense. Because in the beginning of the song, she's like, don't be silly. Don't come on. Come on down there. Come on down from there, kids. And she's almost rolling her eyes at the entire scenario, even though she has been taking the kids on these adventures. But I guess that's been her demeanor the entire time, right? She's been like, oh, Bert, not another trip into the paintings or, oh, not another uh, lullaby. Oh, spoonful of sugar. Like it's it's always with this strict nanny rule. But she's always also has a trick up her sleeve or in her carpet bag, I guess. Right. And that's the one of the very first things Michael says. She's like, she's tricky. And she is. She's tricky. Yeah. You never really know what direction she's going to go. And part of me is like, that makes Mary a really great character. You know, she's she's very um, complex. And she, she has all these different reactions to situations that make her feel kind of realistic. But on the other hand, it's like, she's also super confusing because like... <laughs> Her system of logic doesn't really make sense a lot because yeah. she's like, all right, sure. I'll go win the horse race. Uh, ha, 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 ha. Oh, but also, um, I'm not trying to be up on a ceiling either. You're right. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, the perfect nanny. It's the kid's song. Uh, they, uh, George has Winifred take notes on the type of nanny that he wants in the house. And it's all, you know, house must be run with precision, blah, 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 blah. And then the kids roll up with their nanny list of demands. List of demands. Rosy cheeks, uh, no warts, play games, all sorts. And uh, it's um, pretty obnoxious. I'm not going to lie. Like I try to be, (laughs) I try to be fair to the kids whenever we're having these conversations um, because I feel like I have to be the kid, the child defender. uh, You do. You really do. (laughs) In our dynamic, but it's very hard to defend uh, this particular moment. Okay. Yeah. So, so I said list of demands, like these are impossible demands. Impossible. So the most of them, most of the demands are not up to the nanny. They're they're very surface level demands that the nanny has no control over. Yeah, they want her to be pretty. They want very sweet <laughs> and fair, fairly pretty, though. Not oh, give me a hot fairly. <laughs> Girl, you better be hot. You better be sweet and never smell of barley water. Oh, yeah. that. What is barley water? <laughs> Don't come up in here smelling like <laughs> barley water. Swear to God, uggo. Um, I mean, neither of these songs really like offer anything in terms of story or character. Uh, no. I do kind of like when um George rips up the letter and throws it into the fireplace. Uh, it's kind of feels like me in that moment, uh, <laughs> but it's rude, you know, like this is kind of the, this is the foundation we're laying for the growth of the George character that he goes from ripping up the letter and saying, go kite right. to, to, be, you know, being, yep. uh, going out and holding hands and skipping down cherry tree lane. So, uh, I guess there's kind of like tangential 
importance on both of these songs? I don't know. I'm sending the kids home. I'll, I'll ride Ed. I'll, I'll take the Ed win factor. Uh, yeah. Move the eight seed on here. Yep. I love to laugh is going to move on for me as well. I don't like the kids. Nina, do you have any, uh, you're, you're, you're a kids person. You work with children. Is this breaking your heart? No, I literally have one note for the perfect nanny and it just says boo. Yeah, it is. Boo that man. All right, let's talk about this next matchup. It's number four, Feed the Birds versus number 13, Man Has Dreams. We've talked endlessly about Feed the Birds on this podcast. Chris and I love this song. We think it's a gorgeous song. Uh, Nina learned today in her listening that this was whose? Walt's favorite song. Even after he died, they would go in and play it on the piano, right? You learned that, historian over there. <laughs> and I, I think this is just such a gorgeous song, especially in, in a film of chaos and snarkiness and reverse psychology and moments of insincerity or trickery. You get a song that is really just kind of this heartfelt not necessarily like a ballad, but just this heartfelt song that is talking about what life is, what is really about. You know, this, this bird, this bird, this bird, this bird lady is no uh, less happy than you are. She, she is there living her life and she is with her birds and she is getting the most enjoyment outside of the bank in which those people are slaving away at work. Like no one is better in that scenario, even though society portrays the bird lady as being lesser than. And when she's out there feeding the birds, uh, she's actually the more fortunate one. She is giving to the birds. She is feeding them. She is providing life for them while the greedy bankers inside are actually sucking life out of the people who are banking with them as well as themselves. Like Mr. Banks is losing out on life. He is not doing anything. He's not contributing to the world uh, that that the bird lady really is. She is helping life prevail. So it's just such a gorgeous song. It's so beautifully written and it is a, it's a showstopper. And you think of showstoppers as being these big theatrical no- numbers, but when you're in a, a musical full of them, you slow down and really take it in with yep. Feed the Birds. And, and it's just gorgeous. And it's so well placed in the film. Uh, and I love listening to it. It is a non-skip on anything. Anytime I'm listening to it, non-skip, we are listening to Feed the Birds. It's up against A Man Has Dreams. And this is arguably the most important song in the entire film. Hold on. Are you, this, you're not talking about Feed the Birds anymore. You're talking nope. about A Man Has Dreams now. Yep. yep. I just want to confirm that statement before we go A Man further. Has Dreams okay. is arguably, my take is that it is the most important song of this film. Do, do you remember when I said something very similar when we were talking about the playlist bracket? No, because <laughs> I was wrapped up in having to talk about songs in which kids are singing and uh, the instant skip that I love to laugh is and then you just going off about uh, Fiduciary Bank. But uh, this is a very important one. You, do you want to recap what you said on that playlist about this one? I mean, yeah, it's it's um, a musical. 
Mary Poppins is a musical, and it's not sure like is. a it's not like a Menken musical where you do five songs and they're all bops, and then the songs stop after the first hour in the movie, and then the actual movie happens. There's songs right. sprinkled throughout, and this uh, 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 man has dreams is a perfect example of like why I love musicals and the power of the the song in the sad moment in the movie. So this is. George's moment of realization. Uh, and it's another Bert's doing some reverse psychology here too. And sure he's is. like, Hey man, you're grinding so hard. Yeah. Did kids come home? F- them kids. Yep. This is the, I literally have on this in this, we're, we'll talk about it uh, later on, but George Banks is the embodiment of f- them kids. And, um, it's interesting because, as uh, Bert is like, dude, you can't you can't be wiping their tears. You gotta grind. No. You gotta right. grind. And the camera is not focused on Bert singing. It's focused on George being like, hold up, wait a second. Uh, do I uh, actually agree with that? I don't know. And you can kind of see his face going from agreement to like, oh, actually, right. I'm kind of sad because that's not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, and so that's why I agree that I think this is a great song. Yeah, I think it's a great song. And I think it is definitely the most important song. And to take it even a degree further is that Mr. Banks's realization isn't just that he's been missing out on life with his family and his kids and that he has been living life maybe a little bit incorrectly, but he realizes exactly what Mary Poppins has been doing the entire time. Because at one point he brings up that uh, it's that Poppins woman. She did it. And then Bert is like, Oh, I know exactly who you mean. Mary Poppins, the one who, you know, taught your kids super califragilistic, the one who, turned you know the the salt into sugar and yada 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 and he's sitting there thinking about oh wait a minute she's actually making things better she's not trying to make things worse she's been here this entire time taking things and and turning them into love and life and then he starts reflecting on on in on himself with the help of bird as well and so that moment where we're just watching Mr. Banks have this realization, uh, it, it's a great song and a great listen to endure through the movie, especially d- during the chaos, because this is happening like right after step in time. <laughs> this is the we just went through 25 minutes of just music between Chim Chim Cheree, uh and step in time. And now here we are slowing down and having this moment with Mr. Banks. And then he walks out the door, goes on a little walk. Right. So. It's a very important move. Uh, it's a very important song to this film, and I like it a lot. But "Feed the Birds" is the better song, in my opinion. I think that from a musical standpoint, it flows better. Obviously, this is very much a a discussion of a song in uh, "A Man Has Dreams," but I I appreciate it nonetheless, and I think it's the most important. But here I am talking about songs. And when I'm thinking about songs, it also has to be something that I'm going to want to sit and listen to. And Feed the Birds is going to do a better job at that. This is one of, if not the most difficult first round matchup on here for me, because like I I just laid out, like I'm a a, a very 
ardent defender of these types of songs in movies, uh, in the case of a man has dreams. So I, I want to, I want to just, just drop in something, um, very annoying uh, <laughs> for you. Okay. To this, a man has dreams conversation. That moment where Bert says, I know Mary Poppins. Yeah, I know her. She's the one that turns bread and water into tea and cake. And George is like, that's right. Like, I don't, like, that's insane turning stuff into tea and cake. We never saw Mary Poppins turn <laughs> bread and water no, into tea and cake. So, are we are we saying Mary Poppins Jesus? She's a witch. <sighs> a witch? Mary Poppins is 100% a witch. Oh, dive in. A witch? She can fly using like a household object. She can like, she has a magic bag where all of her stuff's in. Okay. She talks to animals. Yeah. She teleports the kids into chalk paintings. Okay. She's a witch. What if she's just a highly trained magician? Also known as a wizard. I mean, you're naming all powers that Jesus also has. So, right. like, Jesus is a witch. Uh, sure, Jesus it's, it's, is a, it's witch. a sub. It's a sub genre of witch, uh, Messiah. <laughs> you know, so like George saying, and and like, okay, if we're talking about feed the birds, also feed the birds. They mentioned that the woman who's the bird lady is at the steps of the cathedral, right? Organ music. And all of the saints and apostles are looking down and smiling. And in this moment when George says, I don't, she can't turn water and bread into tea and cakes. He's rejecting Jesus in this moment. (laughs) And, and this is, this is major because, uh, that religion is, is wrapped up in this movie because after that he walks out the house and he walks straight to the bank right across from the cathedral. And what does he do? He stands on the steps and he looks up. Yep. And that organ music comes back. And that's him saying, Lord, I submit <laughs> to your will. I believe in Mary Poppins and I believe in God. Mary Poppins, uh, our Lord and so, Savior. Yeah, our Lord so and Savior. So when, when the movie's called Saving Mr. Banks... It means he is saved, uh, like in the Christian sense. Wow. Incredible analysis. So um, all that being said, <laughs> I think I'm going to go bird with, song. I think I'm going <laughs> to pick the bird song. Um, a man had like, like you're kind of saying the song. Uh, I mean, I do like singing along to a man has dreams. I think it's a fun song to sing to. I like the little, uh, sing songy dialogue that's, that's mixed up in there, but, uh, feed the birds. Anytime it comes on instrumental on anything in any other type of Disney thing, uh, I'm into it. So into yeah. it. Um, Sorry, man has dreams. Mad respect, but yeah. uh, you got knocked off by a juggernaut for sure. Uh, Nina, what, what do we think about this? Well, that was a wild ride because <laughs> I thought that was just going to be an easy feed the birds um, for you guys because I know y'all are fans of that song. Yeah. Not all of us are. Mm. But uh, 
yeah, feed the birds it is, I guess. Okay, let's move on to the next matchup. It's the number five seed Step in Time versus number 12 <laughs> Sifter, Sister Suffragette. And this is another like throwaway matchup for me because oh. Step in Time is a definite skip for me. Right. Uh, it's it's every musical needs a musical dance number that's way too long. And Step in Time is that number in Mary Poppins. Doesn't make it not fun to watch, but when we're talking about music, it's just them saying step in time, step in time a bunch. Never need a reason, never need a rhyme, and they're dancing, uh, and, and that's it. That's step in time. Mm-hmm. Um, I often forget about this like rooftop element of Mary Poppins. Uh, in addition to the I love to laugh, like I think this sequence could definitely go, and I don't think the movie would be missing a whole lot. Sure. There is, um, unfortunately, some issues of race in Step in Time. Right. That, that have been discussed. I think it's something that's easy to overlook because they never really, I don't think they like made a whole lot of direct references to it, but for the first time in my whole life, I caught the Admiral Boom line. Right. When he calls him some, something, uh, toddies or something like that. Yep. And I had to look up that word and I was like, I bet you that I bet you that that's a word that's not good. Not great. And sure enough, it was not good. <laughs> so, um, that's kind of mixed up into this song and I don't love that either. Sure. Sure. Sister Suffragette. Ah, <sighs> hard because part of me is like, what, what, why, why is this uh, suffragette element a necessary part of Winifred's character? Mm-hmm. Seems like kind of a like a like a caricature almost. Like they're making her a little bit less realistic by making her a, a suffragette. Uh, but I mean, I think what she says after the song on her way to the rally, or maybe it's before the song is like, you know how George hates the cause. So, um, I think it's not necessarily something that props up the Winifred character so much as it is supposed to be a division between her and George and and kind of show just how out of touch Mr. Banks is with everyone in his family. They're all doing stuff behind his back and, uh, you know, he's not very supportive of anything that any of them do, including his wife. Uh, the song itself, I don't know, not terrible, but also probably <laughs> kind of a skip. Uh, okay. I'm not sure I love Glynis John's singing voice. It can be a little bit shrill. Mm. Uh, no offense, Glynny. <laughs> uh, our daughter's daughters will adore us and they'll sing in grateful chorus. Well done. Yes, Sister suffrage. very good. Um, we do adore them. We do. We do. Uh, we adore the movement. I don't know that we adore the song, but we <laughs> certainly uh, we certainly adore all the work that Winifred Banks did back in the in 1910 uh, for yep. the suffragette movement. I I don't know. I I I can't overlook Step in Time and all the weird stuff in there. One other thing is like 
I when I was a little kid, I thought this was an actual rooftop, and all of these chimney sweeps were like on the brink of death. Right. They were I, on the. They were doing handstands over the gaps in the buildings. I was like, please don't fall. Please don't fall. <laughs> Some of the shots are fairly convincing. Like it, it's yeah, a very yeah. well done set. Even when uh, Bert and all of them are like up on that rail and they're like acting like yes. they're about to fall, I feel like that's an optical illusion too. Where oh yeah, uh, the bot the side of it is painted to make it look like it's a rail, but it's really not. Right, uh, right. A lot of like practical, uh, forced perspective stuff going on there. So, I mean. It's a good choreography sequence, but as far as a song, I I don't think I like it. I have the upset Sister Suffragette. Yeah, I have the upset too. I think I get a little bit more enjoyment out of Sister Suffragette than you do, uh, but we can talk about that next time. Step in Time is just too disjointed. It's too repetitive. It's too loud. There's just too much happening for it to be a a song that I want to listen to. It's a gr- it's an iconic moment in Mary Poppins. For sure. But I don't think that it is a better song than Sister Suffragette. So I agree with you. Sister Suffragette is going to move on. Uh, We got a big sigh from Nina over here. (laughs) What, you hate women? What's going on over there? I'm upset. Why? I love Step in Time. Really? Well, you said it's loud. It's repetitive. (laughs) I love EDM music. Like It all checks out. Um... (laughs) I, it, that was speaking of like scenes that are very imprinted into my memory as a, like from my childhood from this movie. The step in time sequence is just like in there. Like I can I can listen to the song and I can see it all. Yeah. Um, it does get a little bit like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, like as they're in the tunnel, kind of weird sci-fi in the middle of it. No, you don't get that vibe. Tunnel. Okay, think of like Willy Wonka and the. No, no, I know Willy Wonka. I just don't know the (laughs) Step in Time tunnel. What are you talking? No, no, no. When they're in Willy Wonka, when they go through the tunnel and it just gets weird in there. Yeah, and I know that. So Willy Wonka could have written this song. Willy Wonka could have written (laughs) Step in Time. Well, definitely when Mary's head spins around like fifty times, that's certainly very weird. It just it gets weird. Well, it just gets chaotic once the fireworks go off. Yeah. But um, I I'd certainly like the song better than Sister Suffragette, but um, I'll let it go. All right. We are moving on. Uh, across the bracket to the number two, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious versus the number 15, The Overture. Overture is just the song at the very beginning of the film. It's the the score that kind of ties all of the themes together as the credit sequence happens. Uh, at the beginning of the film, not at the end. It's not an end credit song. It's a pre-credit song. Uh, and so it's this is one of my favorite things about this film. And it's one of it is probably my favorite thing about Mary Poppins Returns because they do that in Mary Poppins Returns as well. Obviously, as like an homage to Mary Poppins itself. But this overture is just so well done. Uh, you get all of the themes that blend really well and transition very well into each other. It's very orchestral. Uh, you have the, it literally tells the story of the film before you even see the film. It goes almost in order throughout the entire overture. I really enjoy it. There's not a whole lot else to it. Uh, if you like movie scores, if you like 
instrumentals, this is definitely like a song for you. And it's an iconic one. This is this, the film opens up for what, eight minutes <laughs> for how long the overture is as they're introducing who worked on this film. And I just really enjoy it. I think it's a very well done piece of music. Yeah. Yeah. But it's up against supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And when we talk about iconicism within Mary Poppins, uh, Step in Time is an iconic scene, but Super Cali is an iconic song, even beyond the scene. Uh, you have kids spelling this word to this day because of this film. Uh, this song, I think, is extremely fun. It is. It matches the energy of Mary Poppins and kind of the chaos of that scene. They jumped into a painting, and right after this really nice song about uh, Jolly Holiday, we get into Super Cali, and you have the the phenomenal live action cartoon hybrid animation hybrid during this. You have a band that's playing uh, this song. I think I brought up on the the playlist bracket, or maybe I said it and then I cut it out. But uh, my brother had to perform the song. He's Ooh. he had to perform as the the man who's talking about his oh. wife. <laughs> <laughs> And like the song's playing and it was one of those like instrumentals where the chorus is there for you. So you, it's like karaoke where the chorus is sung and then the verses are silent. So it's mm. like this very big ensemble. Very sounds very good uh, over the speakers and then it cuts for the verse. And it's just my brother. It's like, oh, my goodness. Uh, I really like the song. I like the breakdowns. I like that it it doesn't lose its uh, trajectory even after our man talking about his wife gets smacked uh, by his wife after saying that this is the word that he used to woo her. I like uh, how we get some dance sequences out of Mary and Bert. Uh, very, very, very iconic dance sequences out of them. And it also is just this kind of like you don't have to conform to adulthood. You don't have to conform to these bank languages. You don't have to conform to growing up and not making up your own words. And it's almost kind of like the Sherman brothers wrote this song to almost validate themselves (laughs) because they made an entire living off of making words up. Think about the entire catalog of Winnie the Pooh. Like that's all Sherman brothers and nothing makes sense in that. And a lot of it is because of the Sherman brothers. And so this is almost just the most quintessential of them. This is the the Sherman brothers song is super califragilistic in that way. Uh, I just love it a lot. The fact that this song plays a role in the film, the song has words. This song is something that you want to sing along to. It's hard to not sing along to super califragilistic. The chorus uh, I'm going to go ahead and move it on past the overture. Overture is beautiful, but it, you, when you're in a musical, uh, lyrics play a big part and it just falls short here. I, I uh, makes me sad that, that the overture is a lost uh, art form in, I know. in musical movies. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll do another Jesus comparison for y'all. Uh, here and, we go. We're back. Uh, Take us to church. 
Yeah, super mega church, mega church. <laughs> you know, like the the mega church is kind of a blanket term for a lot of churches these days, but particularly ones that do like a worship music section before the service that is mostly like guitars and like drum is very rock and roll, light shows and fog effects and um it's super confusing to a lot of people and including myself, but uh the argument for something like that is when you head into church, you might've had a really long day, might've had a lot on your mind, super busy. Just go, 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 go. And if you're trying to like listen to a church service, you should probably have like a buffer in between (laughs) when when you're listening to the message. And like when you walk in through the church doors, you see it in some movies like 2001 a space odyssey stanley Mm. kubrick there's a five minute section of like space tones before the movie starts um as well as after the intermission section just to kind of get people into that trance lars von trier zentropa same thing railroad tracks going up the screen for a few minutes dark side of the moon by pink floyd yep starts with an instrumental section like that uh Friend of the friend of a friend of the show, Haley Witters, just dropped an album called Raised. Y'all should go listen to it. But there's <laughs> there's something like that to start start like a country music album. It's just kind hmm. of a weird sort of vibey sounds before the actual music starts, just because the artist knows that the person who's listening might they might not have your attention right away. Sure. So yeah. let's kind of, let's kind of slow everything down. Let's get some calm. And let's be let's have our hearts and minds be receptive to this media product, and I love that about the overture, and I love that about this overture. You know, you're floating above the city of London. It's very dark. Uh, the colors aren't very high contrast, so it's not like your your eyes are distracted. You're just kind of reading the names on the screen and just yep. taking in all of the sounds of the music. It's just it's really beautiful and. It's part of the reason I think that Mary Poppins is such a quaint film Mm. that still gives us that sense of nostalgia and innocence when we go back and watch because it has the courage to slow it down like that. Yeah. Super Cali, polar opposite. (laughs) Super (laughs) Cali is, is the peak of the insanity that is Mary Poppins. It's loud. It's fast. It's random. It's got some insane costumes, some insane choreo, hybrid animation, sensory overload. Um, It's a show-stopping number for all of the reasons that you talked about and certainly does lend some to the theme of the movie. Ultimately, when I think of Mary Poppins, it is much more than a great story. It's really a feeling and it's it's a place and it's a time that we can get transported to when we hit play on that stream or on that Blu-ray or whatever. Yeah. I got the upset. I'm going with the overture. Um, that, that instrumental, I, I mean, I know that beat for beat. Yeah. Just so expertly composed and put together. Uh, great way to start the vinyl. Great way to start the movie. I love it. So Nina, you're going to be breaking a tie here. Man, um, I, I have to second everything you say about the overture because it is in, in my re-listening today, I was like, man, this song's great. It's very like relaxing. You go yeah. you run through all the songs. Um, 
It's lovely. It's ve like very great to listen to. Um, that being said, oh. if we're talking about, I mean, yes, the Overture has all the songs, so it's, it's almost like cheating a little bit. <laughs> um, but if you know, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is just iconic. Like that's the song everyone thinks of when they think of Mary Poppins. So it's hard for me to put it in front of the overture uh, or it's hard for me to put the overture in front of Super Cali. Um, so I'm going to go with Super Cali. Moving on, unfortunately. You Chris. know what? It's all right. <laughs> Super Califragilistic Expialidocious. Number two seed moves on to the round of eight. Next up, we've got Jolly Holiday versus The Life I Lead. Oh. This is a this is a super fun matchup. Yep. Uh, we broke down The Life I Lead a good amount in the best uh, soundtrack bracket, but we can go through it a little bit more, talk about some of the highlights. Uh, this is when George comes home after yep. work. Timeline. He fact. comes in. He comes in hot. Down <laughs> hot. to, down to the minute. He's like six o'clock. Walking through the door. Six o one. Where, where my, where my girl? Six o two. Where's my alcohol? <laughs> yep. And my pipe. Six o three. Go to bed, kids. <laughs> Y'all. Six o three. He's just like, oh, my kids are fed. Get the bed right now. What you doing in my face? Get out of my face. That's how long day. It's time to drink and smoke. And then he starts talking about like basically his whole value system. Yeah. Uh, he says it's, of course, our favorite line. It's grand to be an Englishman in 1910. King Edward's <laughs> on the throne. It's, it's the, the age, age of, of men. men. This, is, <laughs> this is what men do. Daddy's house, baby. Boys only. <laughs> Boys only. Trying to get money. Banks boys only. <laughs> Big banks boys. Trying to get paid. <laughs> Trying to get that money. Big banks brand. <laughs> we have a new t-shirt. We have a new sticker. What a BBB Big Banks brand. Oh boy. And like the tech bro of the time. He is the yeah yeah. <laughs> He's like I'm trying to mold my breed. <laughs> <laughs> like what a like what a sentence to put together to describe your relationship with your children. Yeah. Trying to mold my breed. Jeez. It's it. kind of it's icky. It's definitely icky. Uh Nina, you kind of talked about the marchiness aspect of all of these George songs and you know that's intentional. He has a military oh, yeah. like discipline the way that he goes about his day or that he at least appreciates, you know, he really uh expects everyone to fall in line behind him. Uh, so that's the way he sings his songs too. Ultimately, George is just singing about how big of a douche he is. And that's, yep. that's what the life I lead is. Uh, I don't really know much about King Edward and, and what makes his rule the age of men, but uh, right. True is a great time to be a dude back then you know <laughs> doing all dude's the voting you know, just... was it was ever not a great time to be a dude good point jolly holiday this is uh this is a tricky one. Oh yeah this is one of those songs that if you look at it on the surface 
it might be another one of the kind of those like nah, not really a whole lot of substance to it. It's just sort of you know just say it's a jolly holiday. That's it. Fun times. Right. LOL. Just singing about what we're doing. Yeah. But but let's dive in uh, a little bit deeper into what's really going on here. Uh, we got a little uh, Bert getting exposed uh, is what we've got Bert, in Jolly Holiday. Bert has been exposed for being a simp for Mary <laughs> Poppins. And not only is Bert a simp for Mary, uh, chickens are simps for Mary. Yep. Goats are simps for Mary. Yep. Penguin waiters are simps for Mary. Everybody yep. be simping for Mary up in here. Everybody. Everybody. And that's and that's what this song is. They're just singing about how much they love this woman. But unfortunately, at the same time, Mary is just Bert's flavor of the week. Because we have an entire breakdown in which the animals are exposing Bert for bringing other girls around and how charming they are and how funny they are. But... No one compares to Mary Poppins, and he the entire time he's sweating. So they go he's through. Sweating. They go. They're singing and dancing, strolling yep. along the countryside. Uh, they're floating a little bit. You got you got the Bert's cane and Mary's umbrella start necking because <laughs> yep you you can't even keep these umbrellas and canes apart. <laughs> like the the sexual tension is through the roof during Jolly Holiday. Uh, and oh, then they 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 get down to the um, the little cafe area, cafe table. Out come the penguin waiters, and yeah, all of a sudden, Bert has to kind of be like, "All right, all right, let's be real for a second. Here's all my girls. Let's yep. just do, let's just do my whole body count right now, You're right now, <laughs> and it's extensive. It's Phoebe. Very- what is she delightful? Maud, she's disarming." Janice, Felicia, Lydia, all three charming. of them are charming. Cynthia's dashing. Vivian's sweet. Stephanie is smashing, bro. Shout out to And Priscilla Steph. is a treat. <laughs> Priscilla's a treat, man. It's a real treat. And it does he get doesn't weird stop. when he... I'm sorry, not to interrupt you. Not to interrupt you, but he doesn't stop, Chris. Well, I know that says this Jane is a long list. Is when it starts, when he says Jane is when it starts getting a little weird for me because I don't know it. It's a different Jane or uh, we're going to go ahead and assume it's a different Jane because I don't okay. want to that where it's a different Jane. It's uh, okay. Veronica, Millicent, Agnes and Jane. They're great company time time again. Dorcas. D-O-R-C-A-S. Hot, hot girl name. name. Dorcas. What? Dorcas and Phyllis and Glynis are sorts. I'll agree. All three are jolly good sports. But the cream of the crop, tip at the top, it's Mary Poppins and there we stop. So he Bars. goes through he's all of his side pieces, lays them out, but he's basically yep. like, Mary Poppins is my main. She's my main girl though. <laughs> yep. And Mary's uh, like, oh, you're so funny, you player, you. Dude, we gotta bring <laughs> some of these names back. Dorcas, for sure. We gotta I- stop naming our kids. Haley and Riley and Jaylee and let me tell you Piper Chris. and Skyler and we gotta start we gotta start naming them Dorcas and Millicent and <laughs> Phyllis. The the grandma names or the old timey names are coming back because like the last two or last couple kindergarten classes have had some 
grandma names. We got a Gertrude Clement- in there? What? Clementine. Clemmy, sure. Clemmy. I can't remember any other ones off the top of my head, but Clementine. Margaret. Clemmy. Yeah. Margaret. Chicky was in there. Picky? Chicky. 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 Um Is that short for something? It was, but I even felt like Chicky is like a grandma nickname, you know? Grandma Chicky. Sure, Grandma Chicky. I was <laughs> go with it. <laughs> oh, it was Henry Henrietta. Oh, that's a good Henrietta. Mm-hmm. Henrietta. Yeah. <laughs> so um the jockeys uh they, they let Mary win the race. Yep. If we want to include all of the animation that kind of comes after the sing-songing as part of Jolly Holiday as the instrumental kind of carries us out. Right. Uh all that animation really it really holds up. I'm not going to lie. Does. There's it's not good. a whole lot of moments where I go, "Oh, that was really bad." Except maybe when they first jump on the turtles and do a little turtle yeah. surfing, it does. It's not a very graceful like land on the turtle, but once they're on, I think it's all right. And some of the uh, the eye contact points of the penguins and the farm animals aren't great. It kind of looks like Mary and Bert are looking past them because right. they didn't have the reference point where it needed to be. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, it holds up, especially when they're on the carousel horses and the carousel horses uh bounce up and down and dig into the dirt i love that effect that's cool uh the mary verse the mary verse is bars bars bro i mean she is setting pretty low standards for bert based on like (laughs) what she's saying she's basically like you know what you're not a creep right you don't really force yourself upon me in this situation and for that I like you. Right. The bar is quite low for Bert, but uh, <laughs> he's passed. Um, and he's in, baby. He's in. Big in. But the words that she uses in that, that verse, your lady needn't fear when you are near. Your sweet gentility is crystal clear. Ooh. Forbearance is the hallmark of your creed. Yeah. What? Dude, she just basically dunks on everyone in the linguistics <laughs> department. <laughs> Whenever she's, uh, you know, whenever she's got a verse, how much yeah. for a feature, Julie Andrews? I know for real. Come on, we got we got some beats. Come spit over our uh, Mainstream Electrical Parade beat, <laughs> Julie. Uh, yeah, no, I think these are both uh, pretty fun songs. Uh, not gonna lie, uh, I gotta go with Jolly Holiday though. Uh, this is another one of those ones that has a, a vibe attached to it that I, I really associate when I think of Mary Poppins. Uh, and to Mary, Mary be looking fire in that yeah. Jolly Holiday <laughs> outfit, man. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, Jolly Holiday. I, I'm not a huge fan of the Mr. Banks songs across the board. I think that they lend their hand to the film itself and to the plot, very obviously. Uh, David Tomlinson, who is the the actor that plays Mr. Banks, he has a pretty solid singing voice. Uh, but when you're up against somebody like Julie Andrews, uh, even Dick Van Dyke can hit a note or two. And, and especially with Dick, he starts spitting with those with those girls' names and, and he can find those rhythms. And it's just a, a moment again in the film uh, after we've experienced all these oddities and we've jumped into a painting in which we kind of slow it down and it humanizes 
Mary a little bit. We haven't seen that side of her yet. We we know it's there because she obviously cares about these kids and she's trying to show them away and the audience can see that in the actions that she takes. But now here we are having this like adult moment in this film in which the adults are together and they can talk about how this relationship between the two of them is so important and it's because of who they are at the core. Very important to the overall story because if Mary wasn't that person, if Mary wasn't this person loved by all, then that harshness might be turning folks away. But now we see that there's there's an underlying sweetness to the core and she always knows what she's up to. She always knows, she always has a plan and it's always for good. And Jolly Holiday makes a lot of sense. Uh, the Life I Lead is great juxtaposed to Sister Suffragette because we kind of get this huge, great cause that his wife is going after and this powerful march that she's going, she's singing to. And then we get this very pretentious, boisterous uh, David Tomlinson walking in as Mr. Banks to do this man's march through his living room and ignore the entire time that Winifred is trying to get his attention and tell him that his kids are gone. The embodiment of them kids, bro, uh, which I can appreciate, obviously. So uh, I'm going to go with Jolly Holiday. Uh, Nina, were you going to make that pick or did you have a, a fun time with Life I Lead? Uh, no, Life I Lead's uh, <laughs> just, it's just like such a boy's song. You know, I can't relate. Uh, Jolly Holiday's great. Love it. It's so fun. All right, let's move on to this next matchup of the send somebody to the elite eight. It is number three. Let's go fly a kite versus number 14. Stay awake. This is a, uh, a tough matchup, honestly, for me, because I enjoy both of these moments in the film a lot. It is peak reverse psychology in the film by by Mary here. Kids yes. don't want to go to bed. So she sings the song about them forcing, about them having to try and stay awake mm -hmm. in the tune and the cadence and the tempo of a lullaby. Right. Which is going to ultimately put them to sleep, regardless of the what the words say. Uh, Nina and I, shocker, we sleep in the same bed together and we fall asleep oh, to sleep stories every night. And those sleep stories uh, through the Calm app, not a sponsor, <laughs> are stories that are always told in a very monotoned or even soft cadence, soft voice. And they can be about whatever you want. And it's very rare that I make it to the end of the story. I often fall asleep. They can be about a train ride through Siberia. They can be the newest one, Chris, is Tom Hiddleston reading... Winnie the Pooh. Oh, baby. And I, I was consciously wanting to stay awake to listen to this Winnie the Pooh story. And I couldn't, man. Fell right asleep. And it's that same thing that we're getting out of Stay Awake from Mary, where the words are saying something different than what her voice is. And it's tricking the kids, but it's what is best for them. They need hmm. to go to sleep. They have right. an entire movie of adventures to go on. And she knows that. And she's teaching them good habits. As an adult, you can only survive for so long by staying up way too late. Once again, live with somebody who forces me to stay up way too late. And I'm out here being merry, singing and stay awake so that we can go to bed. So 
it's it's a beautifully done song by her, especially by Julie. She just is really able to show why she was chosen for this role. And it embodies who Mary Poppins is. So I really like that. Up against Let's Go Fly a Kite, this is the light bulb moment of Mr. Banks. And he comes back to reunite with his family and let them know that he that daddy's home. He's back. He's been away and he's been doing them wrong. And all Michael has wanted to do is fly this kite. And that that flying of the kite is letting the childhood flag fly. And he's able to do that with his family. And what I really enjoy about this song, and I think what I really enjoy about these early era Disney films, is that you get the Disney studio choir that comes in at the end of Let's Go Fly a Kite. And they're singing the chorus along with the the orchestral background. And it's just such a great way to end this film. On a high note like that, a literal high note like that, we get Mr. Banks uh, recognizing that, you know, we get the Tuppence references, we get the supercalifragilistic references, we get all of these notes from the film that he's learned his lesson tied up into a little bow for the audience as if we didn't already know all of this. Uh, And it's the let's go fly a kite is such a great phrase to kind of let the worries of the world go, to let the responsibilities go, and go live your best life. And I like that metaphor in the song very much so. Uh, as far as like what I'm going to listen to, what I think is the 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 better song, uh, yeah, this one it's tough. I I just I really really enjoy "Stay Awake." I don't think I skip it. Mostly because I don't think it's too long. It's two verses, really. So it's maybe a minute, 15, minute 30. You get through it really quick. But it's hauntingly beautiful because you got Julie Andrews on it. Uh, David Tomlinson, I'm sorry, man. I haven't been able to to pass you on. And I don't think I'm going to right now. I think I'm going to go with the upset with Stay Awake here. Wow. Uh, Kyle, what's in the the medicine? What's that? What is what is Mary putting in the spoons for those little kids? Is what I want to know. Is that yeah, a little, it, is that a little codeine, a little scissor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because what the, throws me off is when she takes hers and she's like, mm, "Rum punch." Right. <laughs> the kids are just like robo tripping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this entire thing from that moment is just one big trip because uh, the kids have been asleep. So you know, you're trying to give her credit for having Jigglypuff powers and singing a song <laughs> so beautiful that it puts them to sleep. Uh, but, I mean, we don't know what was in that spoonful. That might have been a little bit of, you know, a little no. NyQuil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, a little ZQuil in there. A little night-night. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I appreciate the mind control aspect of uh, <laughs> this piece. <laughs> uh, I do think it's semi-beautiful but i i don't think i have the same appreciation for it that you do i also think it's weird that you know, the kids are like dude mary that was dope that you won the race and she was like what are you talking about and if you say that again i'm going to call the police on you <laughs> cops are coming <laughs> and arresting you for that nonsense it's like all right this is getting a little bit aggressive uh drugging the kids and threatening the police you know what i think that is commentary on to be honest, is like the 
persecution of anyone with a wild imagination. Like because you have these optimistic or creative outlooks on life, society tends to see that as an outcast. And only when you are successful with it are you seen as a genius. But for the most part, people cast you off. So I wonder if that's Mary kind of projecting that onto the kids by saying like, you know, grow up and have this childlike tendency and and this wild imagination. But if you start talking like that with that imagination in the adult world, they're going to lock you up in the loony bin, baby. So you better keep that to yourself. Uh, let's go fly a kite. I think I, I definitely appreciate the kind of, like you said, bow that, uh, this song puts on the movie, but I'm not sure that it's, it ain't that deep, bro. You know, like, I don't know. Um, have y'all ever flown a kite before? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I used to own a kite. Used Dude, to love flying I, tr- a kite. I tried to fly a kite a few times when I was a kid. Super hard. It's not easy <laughs> to get that kite up in the air. It's not. And, and George to. flicks that thing up there with ease. He's just like, bah. That's that Mary Poppins. She she yeah, was on her way out. So she, the Poppins, winds were a changing, right? Magic. She's a witch. <laughs> it was witchcraft. <laughs> um, I, I got I got. Let's go fly a kite. Okay. Easy. Nina, you're breaking a tie. Yeah, I um, I don't like lullabies because I don't like sleeping. Um, <laughs> and Mary's magic would not work on me to, to go sleep by saying stay awake. I'd be like, all right, I'll stay awake. <laughs> um, and I think Kyle just signed himself up to do like uh, night-night duties for future children forever and ever by choosing that song. So, yeah, this, they're going to be falling asleep to this thing over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to go, let's go fly a kite as well. It's way more fun. Um, I, I, the, the, the calm app stories is an interesting insight into mm-hmm. your relationship because me and Julia fall asleep on the couch to uh, curb your enthusiasm. So <laughs> there um, you go. I think that maybe explains our poor quality of sleep, but uh, you know, <laughs> that's how we do. All right, let's move on to the next matchup in the round of 16. It's the number six seed, Chim Chim Cherie versus number 11, Fidelity Fiduciary Bank. Hey, here it is, ladies and gentlemen. We're back with hey, the banking boys. We're back with the bank song. And I'm sorry to uh, Mandy and Tess for not wearing my Fidelity Fiduciary Bank sweater vest uh, during this recording. It's 105 degrees in Walnut Creek today, so I <laughs> had to keep it in the closet but um, I, I I went in on this song in the best Disney villain song bracket. Uh, yeah, really appreciate the intensity that this song builds up to. It starts off very non-threatening and, and exciting in a way, and kind of lures you in a little bit by saying, "Here's what you can do with money." Yeah, you know, two tuppence, which is like two pennies. You can be a part of. Railways through Africa, <laughs> yep. self-amortizing canals, fleets of ocean greyhounds, oh, plantations man, of ahead. ripening tea, and then it slowly, slowly just snowballs into that, like, they're pushing the kids up against the wall. Yep. Corporations, amalgamations, banks. And they're like, what the? Hold on. I'm scared now. Um and and it's like 
not just the fear of the character that is these bank guys, but like the idea of investing hmm. and getting your money taken away from you. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I love it. Um, I guess I kind of, for the first time tried to be like, what's, uh, what's up with this song? Um, is like, is investing bad? Like I thought investing was good because in a capitalist society, we're supposed to spend all of our money right, on stuff, like dumb stuff. Yeah. I think investing is often a gamble. And especially when you're investing in things like railways through Africa, like you are investing in something that you may not get any sort of return on other than monetarily. Uh, and if that does not succeed, then your money is gone. While if you gave your tuppence to the bird lady, she is going to continue life and life for those birds. And I think that's, you'd rather invest in people and humanity as opposed to in colonialism. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the song happens. I mean, I won't dive into it too deep. I do love it. I do love the marching section. Yeah. And they're just doing the little respectful nod at each other as they're <laughs> marching past. Uh, I love the the high pitched vocals of uh, Dawes Jr. Mm-hmm. All manner of private enterprise. <laughs> I nailed it. And uh, so the song happens, and then Dawes Tomes Mousy Grubs. Pulls a little Robin Hood, not the movie, but the app. And right. <laughs> when, and when people try to take their money out, they go, uh-uh, close. Sorry. Sorry. No, Thanks, no, close. No, no, no. <laughs> this is for everybody's safety. We're not doing this right now. Too much volatility. Yep. It's a no from me, dog. Yep. Uh, I just love that kind of real world comparison. Going up against chim chim cherry and i just i just don't know about chim chim cherry huh uh it's just a lot of singing about what's happening in chim chim cherry <laughs> and uh i'm uh, lucky because i'm a sweep if you shake hands with me um it's that real kind of like senselessness that uh i, I feel like often distracts from the really beautiful st- story that's at the heart of all of this and I don't really like it. I don't know that in any version of Chim Chim Tree, Bert says anything that's particularly profound uh, and it's, you know, I kind of mentioned Step in Time being a section of the movie that I don't really enjoy and perhaps a a little plot thread that could be removed and so I think Chim Chim Cherie kind of goes in hand with that. Hmm. I do like I do like in the first uh, Chim Chim Cherie section when he says uh, what's happened once is happened what's about to happen has happened before or something like yep, that. I think yep. that's kind of an inch that's kind of an interesting sort of like hint that Mary is like eternal. Right. You know, just like Jesus just like Jesus or whatever. You know? Right. I'm um, not sure. So, so uh, that's cool. I just like the bank song. Uh, I'm going with Fidelity Fiduciary. 
Chim Chim Churi is a, is Bert's theme, and that's what I really like about it is that he's able to adapt it to whatever hustle he has next. And in this version of Chim Chim Churi, he is a chimney sweep, and he talks about how not only is he lucky to be a chimney sweep because he's able to provide light to a otherwise dark world, but he's also able to go onto the rooftops and see the light and the sun rise. Like he not only is lucky to be a chimney sweep, but chimney sweeps at this time were seen as lucky. Uh, There's a old legend that in 1066, a chimney sweep saved the life of King William of Britain. And he swept the king to safety from a, a runaway carriage. And because of that, the king declared that chimney sweeps were lucky. That's where that line comes from, is that like the, hmm. there's this idea that these chimney sweeps are, are good luck. So that's why he says, good luck will rub off when I shake hands with you or blow me a kiss and that's lucky too. Uh, just being in the presence and interacting with the chimney sweep can bring you good luck because chimney sweeps are lucky. So I like that double play there where he's talking about how he's so lucky to live this chimney sweep life, to have work, to see parts of the day and, and the night in different aspects of the world that maybe normal people don't, but he's also providing the luck to the people. Uh, I don't like the bank song. Uh, I get why you do. Uh, it's not an easy listen for me. Uh, Chim Chim Cheri is for me. I really enjoy it. So we're going to have a tie break to end this episode. Nina, are you going with the bank boys? Or are you going with the chimney sweeps? Um, well, just can I do a fun fact? You can, of course, do a fun fact. So in my in my listening to the end of the soundtrack where the Sherman brothers are talking about writing the songs and stuff, um, in the early versions of Mary Poppins, there were no chimney sweeps. Huh. Um, that was something that was added in later on. And it was because they found out the whole like good luck thing. And they thought that was cute and it fit in well with the mu- with the movie. Um, but they had a hell of a time trying to figure out how to put the word chimney in a song. Because it was just like a hard word. The cadence of it was weird. Um, so they were like, well, we can break it up into chimney. Um, and then they were trying to figure that out. Um, and that's, they kind of broke it down that way. And that's eventually how they got to Chim Chimini, Chim Chimini, Chim Chim Cheru. Ah. Um, and it was like, they said this with a couple songs where like one brother had an idea and the other brother was like, that's dumb. Yeah. And then he'd walk around and sit on it for a while and be like, actually, that's dope. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think it's is definitely funny. the dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't like the bank boys. They, it's just like a villain's it's a villain song, right? That's why that's that's it is is what it is. The chim 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 tree is just so much fun. And I love it. And it's right. good luck. It is if he shakes hands with you. All right. We have our Elite Eight to head us into the next episode. It looks a little bit like this. Number one, spoonful of sugar is gonna go up against the number eight, I love to laugh. Number four, feed the birds versus number twelve, sister suffragette. Cross the brackets, number two, Super Cali versus number seven, Jolly Holiday. And to round out the Elite Eights, number three, Let's Go Fly a Kite versus the number 16, Chim Chim Cheree. Nina, thank you so much 
for joining us on this episode. We look forward to having you back next time and can't wait to fall asleep to Tom Hiddleston uh, reading Winnie the Pooh later on. Same. <laughs> All right, everyone. You know how to reach us. If you got something to say about these Mary Poppins picks, send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All of those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash mousemadness and become a member of Jerry's gang by joining us at the $5 level. Till next time, folks, let's go fly a kite.